can we do? We can keep visualising what we want and uh, sit tight. It's happening, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is happening. And, you know, we, I, I just keep saying we can co-create. Imagine the future that you want right. and we will create it. And you don't have to use violence. You don't have to demonstrate. Although perhaps that's how people do it who don't have the abilities or understanding of consciousness. Right. Uh, so they're still fighting and standing up for humanity. Yeah. Uh, they're doing it for their future generations. Yeah. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be with you all again. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, to subscribe and press that bell button if you're on YouTube and uh, share the shows with your friends. I've got the wonderful and amazing Kevin Briggs back on the show with me today. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be back on your show and uh, I do enjoy chatting. It's a while since we've chatted, I think. I came on to one of your meetings and there was another speaker I was wanting to listen to, but Unfortunately, she didn't turn up. So we had a bit of a chat then. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I'd like I to thank you for uh, having me on your show because it gives me that platform to talk about my experiences. And that's what my guides have asked me to do. So thank you for inviting me back, Kevin. I know. When did I find you? How long ago? It's been over a year, hasn't it? Or has it been two? Me and time. I can't. I, I think been it's a, been over a year. Yes. It's yes. been a while. And uh, you were just starting, really, you'd only been about for the last six months or maybe a year starting to put yourself out there after you've written your book and um and since then you've been super busy right i'm super busy now yeah in fact uh, uh i have to pick and choose what i do now because it's uh, uh there's so many zooms i attend on i have to attend on and, and then i'm still learning myself Gavin. so uh, i'm going to different conferences and things and uh, learning from others who've got uh, a lot of experience as well but what i am finding which is very interesting uh <clears throat> The uh, uh, I'm finding that all those people that have been educated in the different areas, like say the religious area or the spiritual area or the ETs or the UFO area, uh, I've got all that information as well, although it's been given to me in a different format. But uh, if we touch on a, a conference, I went to a, a virtual conference uh, last week sometime, uh, and that really epitomised it because they brought uh, all these different people together some people who studied, studied theology, experts in the area, and uh, uh, just amazing how it's all really coming together. It's, but it's each all, time I learn something new... Yeah. Um, it's all uh, one it, subject, isn't it? It is, uh, it's all one the subject. Afterlife, yeah. spirituality, UFOs, ETs, channeling, psychic ability, you know, all these different compartments, you know, NDEs that we compartmentalise and different shows have, like, 
focuses on different things. I think it's all one subject, hence my shows focus on all of it. But let me, I haven't really introduced you to people that haven't met you before. I'm sure many of you have. Yeah, Kevin was just saying I, in my inner sanctum groups, you know, I do a weekly online session where I teach and once a month I invite a guest teacher. I'd invited somebody and I, and, and I invited Kevin in to meet her and because uh, they have the same, you know, the same plan really for disclosure and uh, and she didn't turn up but she turned up the next week so Kevin actually took over as I'm trying furiously to find her where are you where are you I just said talk Kevin talk and Kevin did all the talking (laughs) it was fabulous but for people who don't know about Kevin Kevin J Briggs is an author and specializes in consciousness and the connection to ETs and UFOs he's recently published his book titled spiritual consciousness a personal journey and covers 56 years of his experience, or I suppose it's covering, well, the book covers 56 years of your experience with ET contact and UFO connections. He has had open physical contact with his ET guides since he was eight years old, who say they are from Arcturus, the, uh, from the Arcturus planetary system in the Andromeda galaxy, as well as other ETs from other star systems. He's connected to a galactic council of eight beings who are overseeing the planetary shift on planet Earth at this time. So as we talk about this, we talk about your council of eight beings. A lot of people feel confused because other people talk about other councils and they say, hang on, how can there be so many councils? But what my guides say to me is like your Earth, you have many councils that oversee different areas of your planet and same with the galactics they have different councils who have different jobs to do if you like different jobs with planet earth do you know what yeah silly question okay so the job of your council is to inspire you and others to help to uh, reveal the connection with our star nation brothers and sisters right that's correct yes that's really uh, my mission is uh to uh, a speak about my lifelong interactions with them, and uh, uh, and then to what they call uh, the reveal, uh, which is when they reveal themselves physically to us. Uh, and obviously, I've had uh, the uh, many modalities of contact that they use, like dream telepathy downloads, OBEs, uh, physical materializations, even you know. So uh, I've had all those contacts. I can talk about many of them. But we just spoke there earlier that they're all connected, uh, even the, the afterlife and the, the different levels of consciousness. And that's the key that they've taught me over the years is one of consciousness, shared consciousness. And, uh, and when, once we learn that, then we will treat one another differently because we realize that we're not only all connected on this planet, we're connected uh, throughout the galaxy with, and we are higher conscious beings ourselves having a physical and when we learn this and share this it puts the, our life into a whole different perspective so uh and then as i say the, the main objective is now objective now is to uh, help with facilitate that what they call the reveal and they've now cho- told me that uh, they've they asked me a couple of years ago to contact our governments in relation to that and i did at uh, highest levels of our government and uh, uh, I, I got pushed back quite a bit, as you can understand. And then finally, they just ignored me. 
which is which is understandable. So, but they were given the opportunity. You know, the Council of Eight asked me to do that, so I did that. I I, I wrote and I emailed and I had interactions with the high levels of government. Uh, but at the end, obviously, they they didn't really want to talk about it. So they just uh, acknowledged my email and correspondence by a, an automated response to say they'd received it. So at least I know they received it. Uh, but now, what the, my ET guys are telling me now, we need to change direction. So the uh, the reveal will come from the citizens of Earth, and uh, we will uh, um, learn to uh, communicate with them, as I do, uh, and they're here to help with the evolution of our species. And, and they're really concerned about the planet as well, because, uh, you know, they share our planet, they are here, they are around, we just don't see them because of their technologies. So um, it, it's really just moving forward in the same direction, rather than and leaving our governments behind, it will now come from the people. And, and I'm meeting other people on my journey that are working towards the same goal. So it's just fascinating that everybody seems to be coming together now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's what we've got to do. We've got to come together. And, you know, we had one uh, conversation on the show about you um, disclosure, you know, and they gave you a date and you went off to New York City and all that sort of thing. And it didn't really happen. But as I'm thinking about it, it did create interest. And that's what they want. They want people to tune in to this subject. So when somebody says, right, the ETs are going to land and they're going to talk to the governments, everyone pricks up their ears and says, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on. Well, that's that's quite true, Karen. That's that's very true, is that? And uh, and obviously, I take a leap of faith when they ask me to do something, to do that, and to say that, and put yourself out there. It, it takes some responsibility to do that, and you put your credibility on the line. They didn't turn up, and uh, as we all know now. But what they did say, they would uh, continue to contact more individuals, and there there will be more and more mass sightings globally. And that's what's happening. And now they've changed direction again in relation to uh, this, uh, uh, obviously wanted the mandate protocol, but implemented now by citizens of, of the earth. So we, the people, will be the disclosure. Uh, and I'll say the people I'm meeting now from, from when I first started speaking out about it, I realized that my journey is continuing. And uh, uh, so, but there's so many others on the same journey. And we're all coming together now with that small piece of information, that small piece of the jigsaw. So I'm, I'm still, I'm very excited for the future. And uh, they also tell me that we're moving towards the golden years for humanity. And, uh, but before that, there will be a collapse of our societies and huge change, a huge shift in consciousness. And, and I see that's happening now. But they said the golden years for humanity would be uh, would, would include the release of uh, our own technologies that are kept hidden from us at the moment. And then there will be new shared ET technologies to run alongside with that. And then obviously the reveal itself, and it will change our planet. It will change who we are as a species. Yeah. And uh, we've... I say, I'm still learning now. And, uh, and and I think I mentioned this on probably in your last show. I wouldn't have spoken out about it if they had not asked me to. I just felt quite privileged that, A, I've got all this information. And it certainly makes for a happier life if you have this information and you have the connection to, A, the ETs, the higher levels of consciousness, and nature itself. And uh, I know someone asked me the other day if I was, a, if I was going to be a... Would I, 
am I a teacher? And I said, well, I don't really want to be a teacher. I don't think I am. But I think just talking about my experiences, uh, I'm conveying the information. So perhaps that's part of my remit as well, maybe to, to teach, or just to tell my story, tell my story. But I can give you a quick, uh, I don't think I mentioned last time, uh, because it hadn't happened then. I was speaking with my brother and he's retired in Spain now. And he lives overlooking the Mediterranean. He's got a beautiful view. And I speak to him regularly uh, on Zoom or on the, on the phone. And uh, he, he was sat out on his balcony. And he said, oh, Kevin, there's some beautiful butterflies here. They're huge. And they keep flying past as well. Uh, why don't you ask them to come and land on your hand? And uh, he said, well, they won't be left. You know, he's a retired aircraft engineer. So he's a nuts and bolts type of guy. He knows about my contact all my life and my abilities. So I said, well, why don't you ask them? I said, you'll need to, a reason to ask. So, so why don't you say that, uh, can you come and land on my hand? Because I want to look at the beautiful colours on your wings. So he indulged me and he held his hand out and uh, the butterfly flew past. He went out to sight, turned around, came back and landed on his fingers. And uh, I said, right, OK, then. Uh, so he, he's, he's getting into this now. And then uh, I said, right, well, ask it to go away now and come back with a mate. But you need a reason, because you want to compare the colours on the wings of a friend of his. So the butterfly takes off, it goes out of sight, turns around, comes back with a friend. The original butterfly lands on his fingers, tips, and the second one lands on his forehead. Uh, so he's having this conversation with butterflies. So uh, and now... <laughs> He does it all the time. In fact, he's now got them landed on his wife and uh, it's opened up his whole concept of who we are, uh, opened up to connection of nature. And uh, he just thought I was being a bit, you know, well, he, he knows my ideas and things and my experiences, but for, for them, for then, for him to try it out, it, it to work. And now he does it on his own. In fact, last week, he sent me a photograph of several butterflies all landed on him, you know, so just amazing, really. Oh, that amazes me that you say that, Kevin, because your experiences for people that haven't heard your story. So at eight years old, was it at eight when the um, Ort and D, who were two of the, um, the Arcturian from the Andromedan galaxy, turned up hovering, That's right, yes. hovering oh. above the floor, sort of in human physical form while you're in the bath, freak you out and had, a, you know, had a bit of a chat about you. And then um, so, yeah, you've had many incredible experiences and he knows about all of them. What does he think about them? You know, like now that he's had butterflies land on him, now he goes, oh, my God, this stuff is real. But he's been listening to you talk about your experiences your whole life. Was he thinking that you just had an amazing imagination? I mean. Uh, no, no, I think uh, he, he obviously didn't understand them. Uh, but I think now he does. He's now opened, right. up, he's opened up his mind to the other realms, to other possibilities. He's reading about it. And he's practicing things that uh, I, uh, I I've been I talk about him and uh, to him about, and uh, he he realizes now that we are much part much bigger, uh, uh, and there's much more to us than we know or are taught. In fact, we really kept hidden in the dark, you know. So, uh, but yeah, so he's he's quite excited for the future as well now. I say he's enjoying his retirement down there in Spain, uh, but he's. Uh, in fact, he, he told me uh, a couple of weeks later, he got some ants come into his kitchen on his countertop. Uh, a very, you know, he was a very successful engineer. He worked for himself 
many years, had his own business and everything in the aircraft industry. And uh, these ants came up through an outlet and walked along his countertop. So I thought, I'm going to tell them to leave because obviously I, I prepare my food on there. So we spoke to them. It was about 10 or 12. And he said, well, I prepare my food on here. I don't want you walking in here. If you don't go back in the outlet, I'm going to kill you all. I'll spray you with this spray. Well, <laughs> as he said that, uh, all of them turned around and marched back into the outlet, apart from one. And I said to him, what did you do with that one? He said, oh, I killed it. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but for him to try that, and then, obviously, to get his wife to uh, ask the butterflies to land on her. And as I say, he sent me some pictures last week. And uh, so, yeah, he's learning. He's, he's learning that we are uh, conscious beings uh, having a physical, you know, a spiritual conscious beings having a physical experience. Yeah. And he's expanding his knowledge, you know, so which is amazing. It, yeah, it's interesting that he'd never asked you about it before. I mean, I guess that you didn't really speak about it. You had these amazing experiences, which we discussed on the first show, where you were leaving your body and flying behind the bus when you're on the school bus and you were projecting your consciousness to see which bus stop was busy or not busy. Like you were using all your conscious psychic, expanded psychic abilities, which we can all do. You're just one of these star beings that are here, you know, that are activated and we're all getting activated. And um, I guess you weren't speaking about it to him, were you? When I wasn't really, no, because uh, the only the only thing I really spoke to him about was uh, uh, when we had uh, deceased family members who died, right. and then they came back to communicate with me. I remember on one occasion he was sat in my living room, and I was talking about my uncle Alec who passed, and uh, he said, "Oh, is Uncle Alec here now?" I said, "Yes, he's sat." In. He said, "Where is he?" I said, "He's sat in that chair over there," and I obviously can have a conversation with his Uncle Alec while he's sat in that chair, but my. Uh, Mike, my brother, uh, he couldn't see him and he had no communication with him. But my wife had some communication, not verbally or telepathic, but was able to smell his pipe tobacco. Right. So I think what happens if you hang around people like me, I think your vibrational frequencies slightly elevate. Yeah, I've spoken about this on the show. People say, "Let you know, come to me and I'll activate your DNA. And my guides say to me, when you're around people with activated DNA, such as you and me, then your DNA automatically acclimates. It's like a tuning fork. You know, if, if there's a, a vibration and there's a different vibration, they come together and they start vibrating the same. It's the same. Exactly. So your, your DNA starts to, because it's more of a dominant vibration when it's activated, starts to activate. But then it's up to us to actually utilize because, you know, we're so conditioned into what we think is possible. And, and so we say, I can't do that until you try it. You never know that you can do it. You know, last night I was watching a video with, oh gosh, Giesman. What's her name? Giesman, who became a psychic medium. She used to be in the military because uh, she started okay. reading about it. And then she thought, wonder if I can do that. Now she's a professional psychic medium. So we never know until we actually start to try this stuff. You know, can I remote view? Can I speak to dead people? Can I, you know, activate my third eye? But yeah, so so it's so funny, Kevin, that after so many years of you being like this, that he's just now starting to really explore these abilities in him. I don't know. Yes, and, and, and clearly, you know, the uh, he was fascinated by the uh, 
uh, butterflies landing on him. And, uh, and like I said, just last week, he sent me those extra photographs and things. So uh, it's opened up his mind to the possibilities. And if he understands that connection in relation to consciousness and the uh, insect world, as it were, or the elementary, I think the part of the elementals, and yeah. uh, um, it, it, what else can we achieve? Because really, it's the thought that creates, that manifests that future. And uh, we have to have the thought first. Exactly. We have to have the thought first. We have to have the belief first. So uh, so you could, you know, as a teacher, somebody said that you're a teacher, you're teaching him, you could ask him to try other things, not just communicating telepathically with animals, but maybe try contacting Uncle Alec or, you know, somebody that he wants, you know, just say, try it, just try it still your mind or open your mind as you say and and see what you get just just try it so that's a very good point in fact he did take it one step further he adopted a, a german shepherd uh, uh, about six months ago probably nice. i think he's about five years old and he needed a new home so he adopted it and uh, and we were talking about telepathic communication because i've got a couple of german shepherds and uh, i said well why don't you try your newfound skill on your on Atlas, his, his new German Shepherd. So uh, he decided to try it one day. And what he did, what he would normally say would to Atlas, do you want a biscuit? And he'd get excited. He'd run over to where the biscuits are kept in the kitchen cabinet near the floor, and he would scratch at the door. So uh, that was his usual routine. He'd look at him and say, do you want a biscuit? And dog would go, yeah, I'd go like this. Anyway, so this time he just thought, he's not even looking at the dog. He's just, and he thinks, do you want a biscuit? He stood up and he ran over to the kitchen cabinet and started scratching at the door. So clearly the dog got the telepathic thought. Uh, and once you accept that, uh, you know, and you can do that with other animals and, uh, you know, birds and uh, uh, everything, really. Yeah. It really opens up to who we really are. And, and what abilities do we have? What can we create? Yeah, I think so we create let me anything. ask you a question. When you started finding out about who you are and why you're here and when you were communicating with your galactic guides, as it were, when you were younger, I'm sure you were asking questions like, why are you talking to me? Who am I? What am I doing here? I'm, I hope you ask those questions. Uh, well, no, I don't think I did. No, <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't that, I wasn't that inquisitive. All I asked for was more knowledge and more information. But did, you ever, the, did you ever ask about your family? Like, are they like me too? Are they from the same gal uh, you know, galaxy, but they don't remember? Did you ask about your wife? Like, is she from there as well? Like, did you ask about the people around you? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about you. you don't... I'm not quite certain, but I think I was brought up by, uh, obviously my father died when I was nine, and my mother brought me up, and she brought us up with a very strict um, Victorian um, way, I think. And part of that was children don't ask questions. You sit there, you're quiet, because it's rude to ask a question. So I probably never asked questions because of that. I do now, obviously, but as a child, I didn't. And what I did do when I got to about 16 or 17, I would ask Art. I'd say, Art, look, I know there's a lot more to this. I need more information. Uh, so I wasn't asking about me or my wife or well, not my wife then or my family and friends or whatever. I was just I just wanted more information. And that was the relationship. It was that uh, they were teaching me 
through experiences and, and I was learning and I was lapping it up. And then anytime I needed some help with something, I would always ask my deceased father for help. And uh, I would also ask Gordon D. And I was able to resolve the issues or get where I needed to go. Uh, and once you learn to do that, you know you're not on your own. Yeah. You've got this whole library of people and knowledge that you can count like going around to see your grandfather and asking him for help with something that he was very skilled in. Well, we've all got that. Uh, we've just got to ask, really, at the end of the day. And once you do that, I'm sure you can... Uh, I, I've always achieved the things I wanted to achieve. There were never outlandish things, but uh, uh, there were things that I wanted to achieve personally, and I was able to do that, So, but with the help of them. And I still ask to this day for their help. And uh, did I tell you that time about when I had some <clears throat> a couple of growths on my arm? No, tell us. Oh, OK, then. Well... <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about the book this time because we've spoken about that before. So there are many other uh, smaller experiences that I can talk about. The uh, One was uh, uh, recently, actually, past couple of years, I had a couple of moles on my uh, uh, left arm, two very close together, quite big, and one on my, uh, uh, sorry, left arm, yeah, and on my right wrist. And then uh, all of a sudden they started getting bigger, they started changing colour, and they started itching. So I Googled them and they came back as uh, like melanomas. So I thought, well, I'll have to go and make an appointment to the doctors and have them removed. I'd had them a long while, but they'd never been inflamed or getting bigger or they were starting to crack and bleed and things. So uh, I went to bed that night and I thought, oh, I'll ask Gorton D if they can remove them for me. So I get into bed, I relax, as I say, I open my mind and I ask them, I say, I've got two melanomas. I've been on the Google today and they look like melanomas. I've got two on my left elbow and one on my right wrist. Um, uh, can you remove them for me this evening? If not, I'll have to make an appointment and go and see my conventional doctor and have them removed. And I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. The two on my left elbow completely disappeared. No marks, no nothing. And they were quite big. And then the one on my uh, right wrist uh, around the periphery, periphery of where it had been was a red line. And then that red line disappeared by lunchtime. So they, but you see, I needed help with something. So I asked them and they removed them. So well, it's normal to me to ask. It's not, now, I've asked for things like that too with moles and stuff like that. It's never happened to me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> my guides don't remove my moles. <laughs> Hasn't happened to me yet. Maybe I'm not doing it right. <laughs> I'll try again. I know, After I know. listening not, to this, I'll try again. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why it does happen, really. But uh, I know there's a whole chapter in uh, Ray, Ray Hernandez's book, uh, Beyond UFOs. And I think that was written by, uh, what's his name now? I forget his name. Uh, but there's a whole chapter in there on people that have had healings uh, with uh, the ETs. Oh, They've Pre asked them for Preston healing. Bennett. With Preston? Was it with Preston? Uh, in fact, I've got the book here. Let me, well, let me just get the book. Yes, it was with... Uh, what's on His name's on there. It is there somewhere. Because I was looking at it the other day, and uh, I was just making a reference to it. But there were, it's... I mean, it's a big, big book, is that one. But it, it's... Uh, that particular chapter is about medical healings with the ETs. So yep. it does happen. Well, it was just a simple one. Yep. Uh, some are, are much larger... Have you, met, have you met Preston? No, I haven't, no, no. Oh, I'll introduce you to him. He's wonderful. But he has written a whole book about 
um, healings with the ETs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just yeah. remember the name now. It was Doctor. Um, I've forgotten again. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Burks, Doctor Joseph Burks. That's it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love to hear your story as well. Uh, yeah. Well, I had a connection to Doctor Joseph Burks. It's quite funny. I was reading an account that he had of um, a group of UFOs appearing uh, somewhere. And uh, I can't remember the full story now because I've thought about it for a while. But uh, as I read the story, oh, I remember it now. Yeah, it was uh, uh, experiences who have a dream of uh, craft appearing over the major cities globally. And, uh, and he was talking about that. And he said that uh, that was a common dream amongst experiences. Now, I've had that dream three times in my, four times now in my life, that exact dream. So okay. I made a comment. Yeah. yeah. So craft appearing over the major cities simultaneously, like, yeah, yeah. like a big like craft over every major city like that? Is yeah. that the dream? Okay, go on. That's yeah, the dream. Go on. Okay. Yeah. And it's common with experiences. I wasn't aware of that. So because I'd had that dream at that time three times, now I've had it four, uh, I responded and said, oh, I've had that dream three times uh, and it's a, a, an amazing dream. And I'm always disappointed when I wake up that it was an actual dream. Right. But to learn that it was common among experiences was very interesting. I put the phone down. We were in New York, believe it or not, for a weekend and I, in Manhattan. And I looked out oh, from the hotel window and about 15 craft appeared. And uh, just as pure lights. And then they moved about, formed a pattern, moved about, formed a pattern, disappeared, came back again and formed another pattern. And to me, that was confirmation of Joseph Burke's post in relation to the dream of craft appearing. So I had my own craft in New York appear, <clears throat> appearing between two skyscrapers uh, after I read that uh, and put the phone down. So that to me was, uh, and I let Dr. Joseph Burks know that uh, that 15 craft had appeared, moved about, and it was quite, uh, to me, it was, confirming what he was saying so, so when uh, when was that in new york when you had that sighting that was about six months before i was asked to go to new york on february the first so about a year ago uh well, probably yeah probably about a year ago <laughs> probably okay. yeah because i had preston in our as our um guest teacher for the inner sanctum this month august in the month of august and um I should have invited you to meet him. I didn't think. Anyway, I'll introduce you to him. Anyway, and we spoke about many things. And one of them was that it was confirmed by the ETs to many people that that actually will happen. So one of the people, one of the <clears throat> members of our um, group said, will there be a mass sighting? And he said that with many people who have communication with ETs, that's confirmed that there will eventually be a mass site, that that will happen. What have your guides said to you about that? Have you asked them about that? Like, will there be a mass sighting? Will there be ships over every major city? No, no I haven't. But I've met, I don't really know, Costa Macrius. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. Well, he, he, he was asked by his ET guides about 11 years ago uh, to start a, a global CE5 movement. Yeah. which he now has done. He's been going for 11 years. I was speaking to him the other day. And uh, uh, with his, now he's connected with his four other groups. 
and they've got a billion people uh, once a month collect collectively connecting with the ETs. They go outside into their yard at night, into their garden, and sit there and ask the ETs to show them a craft, and the craft appear. So we are having having mass sightings, but they're being initiated by the people. And yeah. uh, so his his I think it's called ET Let's Talk. Uh, and if you go onto his website, you can join and you get all the other members' information and things and where they're situated. Uh, it's very well uh, organised. And uh, But we are already, we the people, the citizens of Earth, are communicating with the ETs and the governments can't stop us from going outside in our backyard and asking the ETs to show themselves. Well, the so, governments can't, but here in Australia they can at the moment. <laughs> oh, dear. We're under martial law. It's just crazy. Oh, dear. There have been some silent protests come out and half the people are being arrested. People are just being arrested for being outside at the moment. Um, really? oh, unless well, okay. unless you're outside exercising, which I found because I was watching some videos this morning of people silently standing in silence just outside council chambers and stuff and just prayer, in prayer being put into paddy wagons and I think to myself, they should have said they were outside exercising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were yeah, honest. Well, they said, we're just here in the silent protest. They don't like what's going on and they're just being thrown in jail. No, well, well, that would fall into the pattern where my ET said there would be the collapse of our societies, yeah. there will be turmoil. And, yeah. and then before we move forward to that, uh, we have to create that new society and we will co-create it using thought and consciousness and we will co-create it with our ETs because we, we are the creators. We are creating that future. The, mm -hmm. And the more we talk about it, the more we are creating it. And because the movement's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, then uh, it'll be exponential. And then we will, we will co-create where the, uh, craft appear uh, above all the cities uh, at the same time globally. Uh, but we'll have this mandate protocol in place to receive them, which will be what I'm working on at the moment. I'm trying to get something together to do that. And we'll see. Uh, uh, but there are others. I was speaking uh, with uh, another group last week. I went to a conference, a virtual conference, and they're doing the same on the legal side. Um, trying to educate people to become ambassadors to meet with the uh, ETs. So there's a huge uh, group now, uh, uh, groups joining together with a view to, we all know the ETs are here. It's yeah. only our governments that tell us that, you know, they're hiding it from us. But we, again, we the people, uh, we can communicate with them, the people like me. And there are many, there are many now. It's just uh, well, amazing. I think we could probably do a global CE5 in every major city where we call them in and create that, like create that mass sighting, yeah, with people that would, sitting. That would be very exciting, yes. Let's, so, let's get that organised, Kevin. Yeah, as, soon as, we, would... as soon as we get let outside in Australia because we're all locked in, we've been locked in for like months now, months and months, and our, our Prime Minister is saying that he won't let us out until 80% of the um, 80 of the population are vaccinated. but um, I guess we can still do it inside our homes. We can still communicate. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, you know, even open your windows and uh, uh, ask them to show themselves. And, and I said they are here to help. They are here to assist with our evolution. And uh, um, that's why there were so many people speaking out and, 
Uh, I know that Mark. Have you heard of Mark Sims? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, his experience is just amazing. It's very similar to uh, Ray Hernandez, where he, he they were both atheists, atheists, uh, and they were contacted by the ETs, and it changed the whole direction of their lives in relation to uh, what they're doing now. Their their yeah. work's just amazing. Uh, so the ETs are, are choosing individuals directly, asking them to do to do work, which obviously within their capabilities, uh, working towards this uh, reveal, as they they call it. And uh, well, we can achieve it because we can achieve anything as spiritual beings, higher than physical. Uh, look what we've achieved in the past, and now we're going to achieve more in the future. Yeah. You know, what I see, Kevin, is we need to shift our collective consciousness before we can become part of the space race family because uh, we're all too violent. And um, with people like you, you know, you say you don't ask questions. You don't have that resistance, like that rebellious sort of pushback energy. And I think that we all need to take a leaf out of your book. Uh, what I'm seeing in Australia is as we've um, had this tyrannical government enforcing the there's just huge amounts of pushback and I honor these people but they're not getting anywhere as they try and fight the police and fight the government and fight the rule you know we have to put down arms and stop fighting and and be more uh, peaceful we can achieve a lot through peaceful actions uh, and not like this constant fight pushback yeah, I think we can achieve a lot and we need to understand that. So as I see these people being arrested this morning, for instance, I'm thinking, well, that didn't work. Maybe they'll they'll try it again, but they'll try it in a different way, you know, because, um, yeah, you don't need to fight to get what you want. You can actually create that's it correct, through yeah. your consciousness. Yes, you can create and it. You can create it. that's part of our evolution. It's part of our right. education once we learn that. I think, was it, I can't remember what Gandhi said now, but he protests against his tyrannical government when he was alive. But he did it through peace, and right. he was very successful. And uh, so, yeah, once we realise we can do that, uh, and the power that we have to create something, um, then that's when we'll move forward. And that's why, and you're correct, Howard, in your assumption that we're not really a space-faring society at the moment because if we employ what we do here on our earth out there in space then we're going to create havoc we need to uh, develop our societies here first uh, with with, you know to protect the planet protect uh, individuals and uh, have more love and caring for people rather than wars and we don't need any more wars but we're we're still a war-mongering nations aren't we i think we are. And the war starts in ourselves. You know, we have to stop being at war with what we disagree with. And there's plenty to disagree with. There's plenty to disagree with, like our tyrannical governments down here in Australia. But we have to stop fighting. We have to stop being at war. OK, I want to get into your I was going to read something from your book, uh, I thought, which which was great. I think I read it on another show. How do we know we are conscious? Some people never achieve knowing about consciousness. Some people find it hard to understand and believe this book is for people who are curious or perhaps they themselves have had an experience that they cannot explain and don't know where to turn. You are not alone. I love that bit of an excerpt from your book. Uh, but I want to get into your guides i've spoken about your guides many times but we'll just go the the council of eight i think that the last time you 
saw them collectively was when you were very young. Have you seen them collectively again in recent years? The uh, yes, uh, past couple of years, I um, I, can, I, can, I can only tell my experiences through like a story, and uh, they give me an experience, so that, then I remember it, and then I can tell that story. And uh, I met with all eight just recently, the past couple of years probably. What happened was uh, I was um, I was travelling on the astral plane outside of my body, and then Orton D came alongside in a craft. They asked me to go onto the craft. I went on the craft and I saw them as pure conscious energy orbs. And uh, I asked them at that time, how do you see me? And they said, Kevin, we see you as a pure conscious energy orb. I said, right, so let me see if I can get this correct. Uh, we are all three different beings. We are traveling outside of our physical as pure conscious energy on the astral plane in a craft uh, that you've materialized or made and the craft is conscious they said yes that is correct as that the under your understanding is correct so then uh Ark said to me kevin why don't you uh create your own craft and uh, travel throughout the universe and i said well it's all right for you because you you've got your partner uh d and uh, you've created this craft together and you go anywhere you want to go. I said, I've got nobody to travel with. And how would I create a craft? They said, using thought, using thought and consciousness. So we had some other conversation uh, and then I left. And I've met them many times like that. But again, that was a, a lesson. And I, I did ask a question on that time, that time. I said, how would I create a, a craft? And they said using thought and consciousness. So the next stage of the story is I hadn't heard from them for a couple of weeks. And uh, I thought they might have abandoned me. So I thought I, I'll try and create a craft. So I created a craft by thought. I went to bed one evening and uh, I'm in this craft. I created it with a small window, a chair, and uh, I set off. And I'm traveling what I thought was stars that were traveling past me and they turned out to be galaxies so i thought to myself well I, I don't know where i am i don't know where i'm going i better finish this experiment so i, I closed my mind and uh, i'm back in my bed asleep as it were so then uh, i thought well i'm going to try that again uh, but what i need to do is uh, a i need to have a navigation system so i thought i'll design a thought interface navigation system and then uh, I looked at some star maps during the day. And then I thought, oh, I'll go to Andromeda because that's where Orton D come from. So the, the following night, I thought, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to make a slightly bigger craft because I want more room. I want a bigger window at the front so I can see. And then I, uh, I want this thought interface navigation system. So... Uh, I go to bed, I'm designing all this, I've already looked at where I'm going. I create a craft and I travel throughout the galaxies and I go to Andromeda and I go to a planet and I fly around the planet in this craft that I've created and, uh, and I could see the clouds. I couldn't see down to the earth because there were um, all clouds. But I wondered at that time as I, as I was traveling around the planet, if I went into the clouds, would I be seen as a UFO? Uh, so that was my thought. Anyway, I went around the planet and I came back home. 
I went back into my bed uh, and the following morning I thought, well, that was cool. I was able to create a graft. Now, as I said earlier, it had been a couple of weeks since I'd seen them. So I thought, well, I'll create another craft and I'll go and find them. So I created the same craft and, uh, and I went off looking for them. I went to Andromeda, then I went to different galaxies. I went all over the place and I couldn't find them at all. I then came back into my body uh, and I, I woke up. And as I woke up, all eight were staring down at me from the ceiling, all eight of them. And uh, I said to them, I've been looking for you. Where have you been? They said, yes, we know. That's why we're here. But what they were doing, it was a lesson. They gave me the information in how to create the craft using thought and consciousness, which they do. But they wanted to see if I would use that newfound tool, that ability. And, and I did. But that's how they teach me. But if we can do that, they do that. We just don't know we have the ability to do it. Does that make sense? But could you follow that, Karen, or did I lose you? No, that's perfect. You know, imagination, uh, Einstein said, intellect will get you so far, imagination will take you everywhere. <laughs> we don't. But what, I remember, what is imagination? It's just what, thought. It's thought, exactly. I remember years ago, someone was asking me about my psychic abilities and I said, it's just your mind. It's your imagination. They said, you know, no, it's not, you know, imagination. And I said, okay, so can you picture your bedroom? We were somewhere else. And I said, can you picture your bedroom? Can you see it in your mind? And they said, yep, I can see my bedroom in my mind. I said, that's you using your, you know, imagination to see something. And they said, yeah, but I already know what my bedroom looks like. And But, I, you know, how can I use it? And I said, it's the same thing. You just ask and picture it and your imagination will bring you what you want. Yeah, we just don't understand the power of our thoughts and imagination. Yeah. It's I, I would agree entirely. And that's that's how people like me and you and many others, they use that ability of thought and consciousness itself. Uh, I know when they give me downloads and things and uh, uh, you know, give me a scientific formula for calculating the vibrational frequencies of dimensions. And because uh, uh, th they know how to do all this. Mm. And that's how they travel with all these uh, abilities they have, because they're combining the physical with the spiritual. Right. And we, we've lost that. And we what, need to regain that. What happens here on Earth that... Because one, we're not educated to understand how powerful our thoughts are and, and we're actually taught or conditioned into thinking that imagination is not real and so don't give it any sort of trust or, or you know, cred. Uh, but what we do on planet Earth is we look out into what's happening and we keep repeating it. We keep focusing on what is. So, for instance, what, what's going on in the world is not to our liking but all I see on social media at the moment is people just talking about what's happening and how unfair it is and we don't understand that as we focus on something and think about it and recreate it in our mind and speak about it to others we just keep recreating the same thing instead of thinking okay well, this is something that's happening that I don't like what can I imagine that I do want and then think about that focus on that and talk about that and that's how we create a new world. But humans don't understand that they can do that. They just keep talking about what they see. 
and they keep recreating it. Yeah. I know. It's yes. I, I, again, I would agree with you, Karen. And then they also watch the television, which repeats right. the same things over and same over old again. crap. Right. Yes. So if you stop watching the TV, find other things to watch, other things to entertain you. I mean, that's what artists do. That's what uh, musicians do. Right. Uh, people that write music, right. they think about it. Uh, right. They use thought and then create the music. Right. Well, it's no difference in creating the future. Uh, it's exactly. exactly the same. And once we realise we have these abilities and if we get collected, together that power of thought is tremendous i'm sure you're aware of the hundred monkeys story uh, where the uh, monkeys were taught to wash seeds uh, or rice in some water it's about critical mass yeah it was a scientist that was experimenting with orangutans uh, oh what was it okay actually okay. The, story, the, sto the story's been then. so it's about it's like it's whispers you remember you whisper something you get into a group of people you whisper something in their ear and by the time the story comes back it's a completely different story that's what's happened with the hundredth um, monkey story it was a scientist that was working with orangutans and uh, right. and he and he got them to wash the sweet potatoes and and when enough orangutans did that um, instead of having dirt on their sweet potatoes, they washed them before they ate them. Orangutans all over the world started washing their sweet potatoes. Right. And, okay. Yeah, that's the hundredth monkey. So it's, okay. it's critical well, mass. Once yeah, once enough people collectively know something, then it sort of explodes in the minds of everyone because we're all connected. Yeah. Everybody everybody already knows it. Like. You, you might say right. like a common sense or something, right. yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully that's what the ETs are teaching us now, and and I think it really goes to show with Costa Macrius and his ET Lex talk group to get to a billion people now who clearly are going out, and some get telepathic communications, some ask and they, they show them craft, but they're doing it on a regular basis. So it, it is that hundred monkey story, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Same, whether it be with the scientists with the washed potatoes or, or my story. <laughs> Washing, it's funny hearing that story from so many people. It keeps getting changed. But the, the basic premise is the same. Once enough people believe in something, it, it, it's the critical mass. And, and my guides have said to me, it only takes 5% of the population uh, okay. to explode in the minds of everybody that, that, that this is a reality. And But when you think about 5% of 8 billion people, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people, yeah. It's a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, but, well, we're uh, about 8 billion now, I think, aren't we? Yeah, we're almost 8 billion. We're probably 8 billion. Uh, but g g getting back to your guides, let's tell people who your guides are. So Orton D are human-looking ETs who stand about 8 feet tall, is it? No, no. Orton D, when they materialise in my bathroom, they look probably about 6 feet tall, probably. From, where, from my position, looking at them in the bath. And I've seen them since, obviously, uh, many times now. And uh, I would say about uh, probably six feet tall. They are human-looking. They are uh, Arcturians, and they're originally from Andromeda. Uh, that's what they tell me. And they also tell me that I'm part of their extended family, only my physical is in the third dimension, where their physical is in the fifth dimension. And as we've already spoken, the only difference between the dimensions is the vibrational frequency. And I think we vibrate at between 62 and 68 hertz. Uh, I don't know what they vibrate at, but uh, uh, and like we said earlier, 
if you mix with the higher conscious beings, then that balances out the frequencies and you you come to a, a an e equilibrium, as it were. So, uh, um, yeah. so oughtn't they have physical bodies? Are their physical bodies the same as our physical bodies or are they a different biological structure? Are they? That's a, that's a very good question. I would have to ask them that. You'd have to ask they them look that. exact. <laughs> you know what I'm I should do? I'm just asking enough questions, Karen. I know. They, I they... should give you a stack of questions to ask Orton D. That's what yeah. I should <laughs> Yeah, give me a list. Well, give you a list. Give me a list and I'll get them answered for you. That's what uh, a couple of years ago, uh, do you know Kathy Martin? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've had well, Kathy on well, the her, show. She's gorgeous. Okay, and her and Denise Stone and uh, Dr. Melanie Barton. Uh, I met Mel Melanie because Orp asked me to go to a MUFON meeting in Orlando. I didn't want to go, but I went and I, I met Melanie. And through meeting Melanie, uh, I met Kathy Martin and then Denise Stoner. And then what happened from there, they came round to my house once a month and we did a meditation yeah. And then we had 20, I think, between 12 and 20 questions, and we asked all these questions. So there's lots of questions that's been answered. We uh, recorded them, and they've been transcribed, and Kathy's going to publish them in a book oh, coming great. out. So all the transcripts, or most of them, uh, will be in her book. So we... We, we each asked four or five questions and then they were answered by art. And some of the answers are, are quite amazing, really. So they'll, uh, I'll have to send you a copy of her book when it comes out. I think I've seen a couple of YouTube vids of those meetings. I think that's on your YouTube channel that you've got. Um, yeah, I've uh, no, seen I them. Did a, uh, yes, I did a, yeah. a channel with um, Susan Schatzer on her show. And uh, I did a channel there with Art, and she asked some questions. And then I did a channel at Ray Hernandez's conference in Miami a couple of years ago. And uh, that Ra, the leader of the councils, Anunnaki, he spoke through me. And that's on the uh, uh, website as well. So, so there's nothing out there, I don't think, about Kathy and Denise. Uh, I, have until seen this a, I have seen a video. It might not be your video of you in that group. Uh, 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 oh. that group that you're talking about i don't know oh yeah well, okay then, well, perhaps there is i've one seen there, it somewhere so. but okay so you can't bring ort in now can you what does it take for you to channel ort well i i, I did a channel at the weekend it's quite funny uh I, we haven't been together kathy and denise and melanie for a while and she contacted me a couple of weeks ago and said kevin we, we'd like to contact with art again you know would you mind doing another channel i said no not at all so i went round to kathy's house she only lives five minutes from where i live oh, i don't okay. think that's a coincidence but uh, yeah. um i went round and we did a channel and again she recorded it and that'll be coming out in the book as well so uh i usually like to uh, relax and uh prepare and, uh, i sorry go on prepare you like to relax and prepare yeah i like to relax and prepare i like to think about it during the day sometimes i have done them on a zoom and the channel doesn't come through as well because if you're in the same room you feel the energy and uh, what happens while i'm channeling the air temperature immediately around my body rises about 10 degrees we mentioned it that's the conscious energy coming in so i really like to prepare to, to do that and uh, uh, I said the last one I did by Zoom I think it, that was with Kathy and 
but the people who are watching don't get the full effect of the channel because it's not just the words that are spoken, it's the energy that comes through as well. You know, I, I have a million questions for Ort because uh, what I see is that their way of living is who we can be. So we remain in our physical human structure, but we also, it's a bit like how you live your life. We also have the ability to at will leave our physical bodies and travel the universe either in our astral form or create a, an aircraft in the astral form. And, and yeah, and we have that ability. And, and so I'm fascinated to like, I'm fascinated to know what their society looks like, you know, really with, with all those abilities in place. Um, do they, what they, what they eat, how they live, what their government's structure is like, their society is like, and how having these abilities, these psychic abilities to communicate with other worlds and beings on other worlds like you you know, like you and others here on earth and travel in astral form and, and um, hang out with their dead friends like you do, you know, like you can go in your astral body to the spirit side and hang out with your dead relatives or communicate with that, you know, how that integrates when everyone has that ability. Because on earth at the moment, it's just the few that have that ability. But what does a society look like when everyone has that ability? That's what fascinates me. Like that's what fascinates yes, me. Yes, and I would agree with you. I have thought about those things. But I haven't asked the questions, but I have <laughs> thought about them as myself. I'd love to know how their, their governments function. Right. Uh, probably very similar to, uh, uh, to ours in some degree. But once you have the externalities that you are a spiritual being having a physical, then that gives you more responsibility right. in relation to teaching and how you treat your fellow people within that particular uh, physical dimension that you're currently in right it alters the whole perspective um so uh, i know when i when i was 14 and i was asked to go uh, to meet with the council of eight and i was taken to a uh, uh, a mothership i don't think it's a mothership because it was so big but i was taken up into the amphitheater there and the council of eight was sat at the front on the uh, big desk on this elevated stage but the whole of the hall was full of different beings and species. And at that time, when I was 14, I thought I was just there as a human specimen, just to have a look at and see what we look like. Uh, I didn't realise at the time I do now that all those people in the amphitheatre were delegates. They were all representing their sections of society. Right. So that, from that structure, they're very similar to us. Uh, I still think that, that they they don't have the diseases that we have, or the, the, I know they do have some, but they're able to cure them because they have more knowledge in relation to how the physiology works. And and the other thing is, if you, you, we have the ability to heal ourselves Absolutely. in very many ways, we're just not taught how to do it. So we need to be taught, and I'm sure they know how to heal themselves and if they're unable to do it then they have technologies that uh, uh, can heal them as well so so they won't have diseases so we're really going through some of the questions here what's their government like very similar to ours their health is uh, much better than ours because they live much longer aren't they tell me they live 300 years uh, and then if you use Einstein's theory of relativity if they're traveling away from earth and then back again, time goes 
quicker here, so they may be able to live a lot longer than 300 years. That might be 300 of, of our years. But, uh, uh, I mean, that's been proven science here, that if you leave the Earth and come back, uh, the Earth stayed still to some degree. And the further you go away, the longer you go away, uh, then there's that change in time. So, um, so yeah, we'll have all this to discover. Yes, we have all that to discover. You know, I had this thought this morning. I can't remember if it was this morning or last night, but very recently. When I was young and I was thinking about uh, who I wanted to be in the world, <clears throat> I remember, I can't remember who said to me, but somebody said, knowing about health will be the most important thing you'll need to know as you get older. And it, it is the most important thing we need to know as human beings. And I thought, well, there's other things to think about. You know, people go into politics and science and all sorts of things. You know, why would health be so important? And it dawned on me this morning that that conversation, and I can't remember who I had it with. It might have been with my guides in my head. I can't remember. As we're going through a global pandemic, I'm thinking, oh, that's why you said it was the most important thing. Because, you know, I'm well-versed in health on all areas energy healing physical healing naturopathic like i've studied it for 35 years and i'm and one thing i thought about when i was a naturopathic student was that we just don't understand how our physical bodies work we need to really as a global society understand how this vehicle works that we're driving in a much more comprehensive way and we need to understand how the energy works in a much more comprehensive way, like consciousness. And we're not taught that in our world. And because we're not educated, we can get governments that say there's a global pandemic that's going to kill everybody. And we, you know, like this stuff can happen because we're not educated. And I thought it just dawned on me this morning that that's why it's so important. And as you say, with well, Orton D, who have access to infinite intelligence, you can't pull the wool over their society's eyes, you know, like we are, it's happening to planet Earth. You, you, you can't blind people when you've got access to infinite intelligence like they do. And governments can't do on their world what's happening on our world. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, because when, when you have telepathic communication, you can't hide anything, can you? Right. With our politicians now, they, they speak, but very often they lie. Uh, sometimes right. they tell the truth, but they uh, they want their agendas. And so right. the whole government structure would have to change. Our health system would have to change. The pharmaceutical industry would no longer be needed. Right. So these, these are the things that will change. And that's what keeps us enslaved here because of the structures that we already have that have been in place for uh, many decades. And, and how do we know whether... The politicians or the pharmaceutical companies are lying to us. We don't. Uh, we we trust them in relation to that. What they're doing is for the best of humanity. Yeah. But perhaps the the pandemic. This is my own personal view. Is part of the great awakening and part of the shift in consciousness that we need. It's a knock on the head to yeah, wake absolutely. us up because we with we obviously we don't like having the pandemic. Uh, you know, a lot of people have lost their lives, but we. Do we still trust the pharmaceutical companies 
do we still trust our government? Because uh, no matter which government, which country, they all seem to keep changing their stories to suit their own narrative. So I think possibly it's this is a, a big wake-up call. And this is Huge the collapse of the call. societies yeah. that our my ETs have told me there will be <clears throat> chaos and turmoil before the golden years. Right. But we're not looking way into the future. It's in our near future from what yeah. I can understand. So you think that in your and my lifetime, we'll see this golden age, this... this... Yes, yes, you do. without a doubt. You, you do. Yes. So you're yes. in your late 60s. You're a little bit older than me. So you think before you die... How long do you think you'll live till in your physical body, Kevin? Do you think you'll live a ripe old age? 95. Oh, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been told? Uh, yes, I asked them. I asked them that question. Uh, but I, but I've also created it. I've created the future for myself because I have a reason to live until I'm 95, right. and that's because my grandfather lived until he was 94, and I wanted to outlive him. So, uh, oh, okay, so that's, why, that's so, your reason. So that's my reason. That's, my reason. <laughs> that's your reason. And, okay. And I, I keep myself healthy by I eat too much, but, uh, 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 but uh, I, I, I try to keep myself healthy, and I'm healthy. For my age, you know, I can't run a marathon now, but uh, I'll still get up in the morning. I go out and do a couple of hours in the yard work and take my dogs for a walk. And uh, so, yeah, and my grandfather was fit as a fiddle. He used to always get uh, in the late afternoon, he'd get Jeff's, he'd have a wash, have a shave, and he'd go out for a walk. He'd put his best clothes on and he'd just go out for a walk because he enjoyed walking and he enjoyed talking to people as he walked down the street. And he was a very uh, fit man. Right up until he died at 94. Uh, what did he die of? <laughs> Fell down the stairs and at my mum's house and hit his head on the corner of a telephone desk. Aww. He went into hospital and he never, he did come out, but that sort of finished him off. That finished him uh, off. You know, when you, said, when, when you said we've got the pandemic and it's terrible because we've lost a lot of people, I think to myself, when you understand that we don't die, you understand there is no loss. Because, you know, you were somebody that hangs out with dead people. You've said to me many times that um, you used to hang out with your dead relatives and it was so lovely in this heavenly realm. And they said, stay with us, stay with us. And you said, no, I'm not going to come back for now. I'm going to go and finish my physical and I'll, I'll see you all when I leave my physical. I'll hang out with you then. So you made this conscious decision not to go back to that heavenly, beautiful realm and hang out with all these, um, you know, astral forms of people that used to be physical. And uh, I, th I find that's an, an amazing uh, decision to make. But you understand there is no death. You, you understand oh, oh, that. Without a doubt, yes, the physical dies. But in fact, I've, I've actually been shown my next incarnation. Really? Uh, I have, yeah. They show me my next incarnation. Do you and, want to uh, tell us? I can do. It's uh, I, I, only show me a small part of it, but I think it's part. The reason why they showed me it was uh, to show a. I I don't have any fear of death. Uh, obviously, I don't want to die yet because I'm still enjoying my physical. And as I say, I'm I'm aiming for ninety five, and I've been asked. And uh, but they showed me my next incarnation, and I was on a vacation with a group of male friends, and uh, I'm not sure whether it was a stag do or. Uh, just a, a vacation. We went to Brazil to the uh, Mardi Gras and we were at the Mardi Gras and uh, 
enjoying ourselves as I went in the early 20s. And uh, there was a, a large parade, and in front of the parade was this beautiful uh, Brazilian woman uh, leading the parade. And I, I just thought she was so beautiful, I'd like to meet her. Anyway, after the end of the, uh, the celebrations during the day, we were out in the street celebrating, and this lady came along the street and I recognized her. So I went up to meet her and I introduced myself and then we got to know one another. And then we cut a long story short, we ended up getting married. But then I found out that the soul of this Brazilian woman was the soul of Sandy, my current wife now. Oh, what did Sandy say about that being a beautiful, coming back <laughs> as a beautiful Brazilian? Okay, let me get this straight. So in your next incarnation, you're incarnating, when I say next, because they're all happening simultaneously, but in our linear mind frame, you're coming back and you're incarnating onto Earth. What year is it? They didn't give me a year, so I don't have a time scale on that. Uh, I have obviously told Sandra about it and I've written about it now as well. So it's out there for posterity. But uh, it's our 40th wedding anniversary this month. So uh, I don't know whether she wants to spend another 40 years with me or not. But... <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think you two have contracted to sort of spend so much time together, uh, you know, in your earth incarnations? What's the... Wow, what's a good question? Spiritual, um, I know I'm full of good questions. <laughs> so write them down, Kevin. Right. Uh, that's a very good question. We, we clearly um, were meant to come together, to meet together. Uh, we both worked at the university together. Uh, Sandy introduced me to Eric von Daniken's books uh, when I was about 18 or 19. And so she was uh, uh, very interested in that subject then. And I, I read all the books. Um, and then she's always had a fascination for uh, the ETs. And, and uh, Sandy well, helps well, me. Well, surely with... if you're an ET soul, like, like Orton D have said that you are part of our family, but you're like a, a soul that sort of hangs out more in Andromeda who's come to Earth to be a communicator or to, you know, to, to, to enlighten humanity about their galactic brothers and sisters and, and also about raising consciousness and what's possible for us. You know, you have the ability since a child. Um, she would have that same mission. She's, she's obviously from there as well. Well, yes, but she has no memory of it. Although now uh, the ETs contact with her. And uh, in fact, um, just recently, I can't remember the, the date now, but I was communicating with, uh, I was trying to communicate with the Council of Eight. I'd, I'd woken up one morning and I thought, I'll just communicate with them and see if, you know, I'll have a bit of conversation. And uh, I wasn't able to make contact with them. But there was a craft flying past at the same time. And on the craft were about six or seven uh, small greys. And the craft was being piloted by a grey who I do know. His name is Tia. I met him first when I was 14. And um, I asked what he was doing in the area. And he said that uh, uh, they were uh, in the area. They've deviated off their flight path because they wanted to come and see where I lived. So we had some other conversation. And then they said, right, we'll have to go because we've already said we're off our designated flight path. So we'll have to go. So they left. Nothing unusual for me. I saw all their faces. I saw inside the craft. And we had the uh, communication. So then uh, I got out of bed and uh, 
Sandy was already outside on the pool deck. Uh, we normally have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee in the morning. I got my coffee, went to sit next to her, and she said, oh, you missed the most beautiful rainbow this morning. And she said, uh, I said, did you get a photograph of it? She said, yes, I did. I got the iPad out. I said, oh, that's good. And then she said, uh, you'll never guess what happened next. I said, no, what happened next? She said, a craft appeared under the rainbow. Now, the rainbow, we've got five acres at the back. The rainbow was 180 degrees, 180 degrees from fence line to fence line. And uh, the craft, she was taking a picture of the rainbow. The craft, she went on that, took a picture, put, took it down. The craft appeared. She lifted it back up and pressed the photograph. Uh, then she went to look again and it had gone. Yeah. Now, but what happened then, when we looked at the time on the photograph, the time in the bedroom when I was talking to Tia was 8.30 on the clock. The time on the photograph was 8.30. So it, it's really that they're confirming that, A, I'm speaking to Tia with the craft, and then the, uh, giving Sandy the second part of the information by allowing her to take a photograph of the craft. So, you know, she's an integral part of uh, all this. And, you know, without, I mean, I do a lot of work now on a lot of Zooms, and uh, Sandy's uh, watches the food programs while I do my Zooms, but uh, she's happy for me to do my Zoom and spend the time uh, doing what I do. So, in fact, uh, did I mention my new book? Have I mentioned that yet? No, I didn't know you had a new book. Have you finished it and got it published already? Let me think about that. Tap into universal energy. Ah. Yes. Tell, show, not, us the, show us the back of it. It's, I, I wrote it with uh, two friends of mine. It's yeah. co-authored with Edgar Yol and Melissa Kennedy. Uh, put, put, it, put it up a bit further, up a bit further. Ah, oh, lovely. Ah, oh, lovely. Tap into but universal the, energy. Mm. The story I've just told you about uh, the rainbow, uh, I've included it in here with the photograph. We did talk about it uh, the first time I had you on the show and I included the photograph. Uh, on my website, oh, right. okay, then. on my page that has all your um, all your interviews with me on my page, and the UFO looks like a bit of a black blur under the rain. It does. It's very yeah. it's out of focus. Yeah. But I've got some. Uh, I sent them to a friend of mine in the UK, and he put some filters on them uh, with the different colours. And when you put the filters on, you can see the craft clearly inside that black blurb. Okay. And yeah. I think the black blurb is like the. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a shield or something around it. Yeah. But you can see there's a solid object in the middle. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, 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 it's like we've been going for about an hour and a quarter already. I wanted to get into your guide. So I had some questions about your guides. Um, so for people that don't know, that's Orton D, who are the Andromedans, then there's a grey, a tall grey or a short grey? There's, there's two greys, a, a tall one and a short one. The short one is called Zark, and uh, he's a mathematician, an engineer. He's from the Pleiades system. He is married, and he has three offsprings. They don't call them children. They call them offspring. So he's so, a grey from the Pleiades system. He's not a Zeta from the Zeta Reticuli system. He's a grey. No, that's not what he tells me. So he's a... Uh, because there's so many different greys, and I think we as humans lump them all into one category. Some of them say that they're AI, you know, they're or they're biological sort of robot type things. And 
and some say they're negative and some say they're positive, but they're just so numerous. So his grey body, what does it look like your sort of average grey body? Does he have more human? Yeah, looking? just your typical, four, he's only small, about four foot, four and a half feet. Yeah. Just your typical small grey. And then there's another grey called um, uh, Tag, and he's um, a tall grey and uh, uh, probably about, Five eight, five nine, maybe possibly six foot. I'm not quite certain really, but obviously the difference between the two in height, you know, one's up here, one's down there. Uh, and he's he tells me he's responsible for the security of the Council of Eight and also the security of this quadrant of the galaxy. And that's his role. And where um, is he from? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't asked him that and he didn't tell me that. So uh, I've only got a little bit of information on each one of them. The most I have of is Zark himself, because I've had a lot of communication with him. And, and he's the one that moves my wife's personal items around the home uh, because he thinks it's funny. And he's the first uh, ET that I had contact with where I felt his emotion. Uh, and the emotion was uh, laughter. I think I, I can't remember whether I told a joke or he did, but... Uh, uh, he laughed, he smiled. Oh, I remember it now, yeah. I told him a joke. I said something that was funny and I could see his face quite clearly and he smiled. And as he smiled, I felt the emotion of laughter and I'd never felt the emotion of the ET, any of the ETs before. So that really uh, gave me more information into the fact that, because I've read so many uh, things about saying they don't have any emotion and that's why they're here. They want to share ours. But clearly, Zach, has emotion and uh, and I know that they have uh, family issues as well because at one point in time he uh, he had to go back home and he was away for about two or three months because he had some family issues to sort out so again they still have families like we do so by talking about them we're learning a little bit more about their family life and uh, I'm going to uh, give you a project Kevin <laughs> I'm going to give you another I'm going to give you another book I want you to telepathically tap into all of them and ask them a whole stack of questions and write about it, like who they are, okay. where they I'll come have, from, what their society's like. That, that's going to take you a while. Yeah, because I think I've quizzed, I've quizzed you before about them because I am fascinated about who these people are, how they live, you know, how they can, how they come together in such diversity, how they come together to work. Oh, I'm getting a picture of a mantid being a huge picture of a mantid being because I think I've asked you about is it Tika uh, what's the mantid being called Tika Tika I think I've tika. asked you about her and you don't have much information on her no I know she's very intelligent and I know she doesn't have a sense of humor because I asked if and I'm not sure whether this is a she or a he I get the feeling he is a he uh, but I asked him once if he was an entomologist and he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't was happy it? about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'd love to know more about them. Uh, yeah, perhaps I'll have to ask them. Uh, so there's, and then there's Ra. So Ra is a human looking and he look, and he appears to you, he, you say he's Anunnaki, he appears to you like an Egyptian. He looks like an Egyptian. Yes, like an ancient Egyptian with the curly beard and the curly hair. So, and uh He's, but he's, he's also tells me that, uh, which will go into some other uh, spiritual teachings that uh, 
uh, I've, I've learned about that he tells me he's a ninth dimensional being right. and he, he he fluctuates between the physical and in and, and the spiritual yeah and uh, uh above him is a tenth dimensional being who just has uh just is in spirit has no physical at all yeah. but her name's shiva and she oversees the council of eight uh so uh, uh but i don't I know that Ra's over 5,000 years old, and he was alive during our ancient Egyptian times. But I, I did ask him a question, just for you, Karen. I asked <laughs> him if he was the Egyptian god Ra uh, that we all know about. And he said, no, he wasn't. He said he was alive in that time, but he spells his name differently. It's R-A-H, where the god Ra was uh, a, I mean, that might be semantics, but I did ask him that question because uh, I knew about him in our uh, Greek mythology, or Greek history, or uh, ancient so, Egyptian history, whatever it is. So if he exists in a ninth dimension, in the ninth dimension, <clears throat> corporeal bodies like physical form is not necessary, but he can manifest a physical looking form like an astral form i suspect or something that the other ets who are in bodies can perceive uh, as a being and that's how he that's how he portrays himself as in a human looking egyptian so like yeah, like I, one of his past lives on earth basically yeah so i was giving a, a talk a few years ago now to a, a group of people about 40 people and uh, i was talking uh, about my book, that's what I went to talk about. And uh, there was a few people I knew in the audience, and one of my friends, she's a psychic, and she's uh, able to communicate with ETs and uh, deceased uh, family members and things like that. And she said, Kevin, she said, when you were giving your speech, there was someone stood behind you. And I'd never uh, described Ra to anybody. Uh, I'd never even spoken about him, really, other than his name, Ra, and he leads the council, and he's Anunnaki. And she described him to a T, and she described his features. She described his uh, hand, the way he's holding his hands, and he always holds them in a specific way, which nobody knows. And she described all that. And she said, well, he stood behind you. He was stood behind you all the time you were speaking. So uh, that was, uh, uh, again, confirmation, confirmation for me in relation to uh, no one else saw him, but she could. And the yeah. confirmation was the fact that uh, um, uh, she could describe him. Uh, and how he holds his that. hands. Um, yes, yeah. So so we've got the tall grey, short grey, uh, Tika, Ra, Oort and D, that's six. And then there's, the, there's a bird being. Like yeah, a... that's Anna. Again, I don't know much about her other than she's a healer. She's you empathic. Don't know where where she's from like what no i didn't galaxy, i didn't ask her that planet. i mean very often they just give me information and uh i mean i could ask i mean now you've asked all these questions they might that, come to okay me that, in, that's in your a, project uh, in, uh, a, in a dream this evening and give me all the information you know because the uh they, they i'll say it's just for you karen no, it's for everybody. I've just inspired it. But I think that um, you can even ask your tribe if they have questions for them and maybe write a book all about them. Do a book all yeah, about them. Yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> They're happy. I'm writing something else for... Uh, I wrote a... Ray Hernandez asked me to write a chapter for his new book, A Greater Reality. And uh, so that's coming out in... The first two volumes are coming out in October. 
And the second two volumes are all experiences like myself, who's been asked to contribute a chapter. So, uh, that, so what he's what his ETs have asked him to do is bring our current scientific understanding of all these modalities of contact together with the experiences, because the experiences are having those experiences that the scientists uh, who understand these can explain scientifically. So it's really bringing the two together. So that'll be very interesting. And then I've just I'll been asked to write. Uh, I'll have to have Ray on the show. I haven't had him on the show yet. Uh, I've thought about it many times and I just haven't got around to it. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get you to introduce him. I think we're connected on Facebook. I think we've had a few chats on Facebook, Ray and I. But um, yeah, I can yeah. I can introduce him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I speak to him. I know he's very busy. He's, he's, very I mean, he's got busy, a full time yeah. job, and he he's organising this book, and uh, he does all sorts of talks and zooms, and I don't know where he gets the energy from. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know either. Um, so, okay, what's the last one? So, so the the the, the bird, we've, the bird being. That That's, you saw, uh, yeah. you when we first spoke, you called her a blue avian, which is the name I did, that, yes. that Corey Good had given to his guides, but that was his name. She didn't, she didn't give you a name. She, you just no, look, no. looked at her and 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 like a name of her species. What I'm saying, you just yeah. Saw what her I did with bird. her, I uh, I looked up different species on on uh, Google. I just googled them, different ETs, and I saw one that looked almost like her except she had a, a chicken, this one on the uh, uh, Google uh, had a chicken beak yeah. and she had more like a duck, duck bill beak. beak. Yeah, yeah. But, but she was called, this one on there was called a blue avian. Yeah. So yeah. I called her a blue avian from that uh, photograph that I saw. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so I don't have that direct from her, but she's clearly blue. She's clearly a bird because her, her feathers are very small and very tightly packed. And I know she's an empath because when I was introduced to Chica, the mantis, when I was 14, I was a bit apprehensive, and to say the least, shall we say. And she came up, she stood up and came up and put her arm around me mm. to console me because she could feel the anxiety, shall we say, mm. I was having of meeting this large grasshopper. I'm not bothered <laughs> now. I've met him several times and uh, I'm okay with it. In fact, I had a grasshopper land on me the other day, Karen. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I was, I've got this chair under a big uh, sycamore tree and I walk out with my dogs and I go and sit in that chair and I just look at the wonders of nature, the big trees, the plants, all the insects, the animals. We've got all sorts wandering around. If you sit down and see what's going on, it's amazing. And I saw this huge grasshopper come flying or jumping towards me and I thought, i got this thought, he's going to come and land on me, is that big grasshopper? And it came straight towards me. It dropped about four or five feet in front of me. And I'm still looking at him. I'm thinking, you're going to land on me. And then he jumped to the right, you know, to the left, sorry. I'm sitting to the left. And uh, I'm still looking at him. And I thought, I'm still sure you're going to jump on me. So he jumped back right in front of me at the same spot. And then he made one almighty leap and landed on my chest. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking down at him like this. And he's walking up. And I thought, I thought, oh, you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's walking up, he's walking up to my open collar here. And I said to him, I said, uh, I don't mind you landing on me, but don't go down my collar. Go and sit on my shoulder and you can sit there as long as you want. So he changed direction 
I went and sat on my shoulder and he sat there for about five minutes and then he disappeared. But there was that connection there from the, I knew he was coming. <laughs> he'd obviously, he's obviously seen me, I thought, I'm going to go along with him. And, and he did, you know, so. <laughs> One of the girls in our group, uh, in the Inner Sanctum group, Sarah, uh, sent a video of her um, talking to this rather large green um, prime mantis insect. Right. About how many inches? Six inches, I think, it's sitting on her right. wrist. And right. he's beautiful. I'll send it to you. She's having a chat with him and he's sort of like, oh, it's he's just beautiful. He, he's just mesmerized. I've watched it so many times. It just mesmerizes me. He's just beautiful. Bright green, yeah, they're, mantis. They're so, amazing. So your mantid guide, your grasshopper guide, he looks like a pre, more like a prey mantis than a grasshopper, though. Does is he green? Oh or? yes, he, he's like he's got that square head and the big eyes and the big. Um, you mean a triangle elbow head? Things. Triangle yeah. head. Yeah, a triangle type. Yeah, with the big mandibles and the dark eyes. And is he green or um, or brown? No, no. I got a golden color with him, not green. Okay. A golden color. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what colors they do coming, but uh, I had one. Uh, on my fence of the day and I also had we have a, a, a lubber here it's a grasshopper that's about four or five inches long it's huge and uh, I took a picture of that one and he looks just like um, the same eyes and face and the mandibles the same as the praying mantis with the uh, chica uh, very similar uh, facial structure um, but he just sat there and let me take a photograph of him. But they, uh, I don't think they have any uh, predators because apparently they're poisonous, I think, if you eat them. So I didn't eat it. I just took a photograph. <laughs> okay. And who's the last one of that council of eight? Who are we missing? Oh, that would be Orla. She's a tall white. And she's I, I believe she's an ast astrobiologist. Yeah. An astral biologist. Astral? Uh, ast uh, uh, well, yeah, astro. Uh, astro? You're space biologist, I don't know what you call them. <laughs> astro, astro. <laughs> um, so tall white, is she human looking? Yeah, she, yeah she's a little gaunt and um, her hair is uh, almost translucent. So she's tall, like six foot or, and thin? Yes, yes tall six foot with she this long is she, hair she that comes down. Is she ghostly looking, sort of ethereal? Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. That's a good, yeah, very pale. And and, uh, and look like a thin woman. Like yeah, a... yeah, very thin woman, yeah, exactly. Have you seen her? <laughs> I'm just getting an image in my head. <laughs> I'm getting an image in my head. Uh, you don't need me. You don't need me, Karen. You've got your own contact. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm for the people listening to this. <laughs> trying to give them an image a picture of what we're looking at but uh and what's i suppose you don't know too much about her too okay i want you to fulfill my project i want to know all about these people what is her role in the council That's a very good question again i um i don't uh, i only know a couple of the individual roles like adult with tag uh, obviously raul leads the group um that's about it, really, for their role within the group. Well, I would say that they are professional people uh, like we have here who go into like a government position. Right. Uh, and perhaps uh, they make the decisions in relation to what their governments are wanting. It may be even decisions into connecting with the species like ourselves 
who are still developing. I'm sure, you know, there are many throughout the galaxies in our position uh, who are currently developing and they will move about and help them. And they've got their own protocols that they have to, they can't just turn up all the time and interfere uh, unless they've been invited. So that's why we need this mandated protocol. Uh, to, and I've got an idea about that now. If we can get a copy of the, uh, I'm creating this now by talking about it, if we can get a copy of the mandated protocol that our governments use to receive our ambassadors from foreign countries, uh, like Australia or New Zealand or other countries, and then we include in that uh, the ETs and uh, the fact that they will uh, have guaranteed security and they will be safe within the uh, approaches to our Earth within its uh, atmosphere, and then again when leaving. So we really have uh, a mandated protocol. We just need to update it and include the uh, uh, ETs in that. So it's not a difficult task. I've just got to get a copy of this uh, mandated protocol and then uh, obviously hand it to some attorney somewhere to uh, have a look at it and then get people to sign it and we'll yeah. take it from there. Perhaps you could be the first to sign it, Callum. <laughs> I'll sign it, Doug. <laughs> um, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, uh, I'm thinking about the project I'm giving you. You can contact people like um, Preston's sister-in-law is a spirit, an ET spirit artist. So she you think about the memory of, of people that you know and she can tune in to your memory, to your vision, right. and she draws them. So, really, that's yeah. Well, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I saw one recently where somebody in a group had put a, a collection of ETs together and I could identify each, well, several of mine, as it were, within that sketch of those people. There were two that looked like Ogdy, one that looked like Tag, one of the like Zach, um, there was no Ra there. Uh, but yeah, that would be good to have a, because once you've got a, a physical rendition, it, it makes them more real, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And it helps humans with their imagination and it yes. helps the, the, the focusing power of thought. You know, if we can visualise these people, look at them, think about them, you know, if we can feel our consciousness with the, the reality of them then we bring the manifestation of the reality onto earth so yeah it, yes. it, yeah instead of and thinking that, about the problems of the world we, you know we focus on um we focus on regaining our star family and and all that they have to bring because all their technology the way they live their life usurps any problems that we're having currently as a human population, but, you know, the fear-based consciousness, the illness and diseases that we go through, the corruption that we go through. I mean, all of, they've got the solutions to all of that, but they're not going to do it for us. They need to, but they need no, to educate no. us, but they can educate us. So, so yeah, I'm excited about the reveal or disclosure. Um, everyone's screaming about what's happening in our world and how unfair it is and how awful it is and utopia, you know, like um, control and corruption and yeah, they're all screaming about it. And I well, just again, think, I think probably with this pandemic, it's highlighting how corrupt we are right. as a society, <laughs> right. a global society. It's not just down to one country. Uh, all, we're all corrupt. Unfortunately, we've got this hierarchical level of corruptness right. uh, within, which is endemic within our societies. You, you know and we what need to change that. You know what amazes me, Kevin? We've been yakking for about an hour and a half. 
uh, what amazes me is I've spent my whole life studying alternative healing and we hit a health crisis globally and the governments and the people making um, the decisions for humanity at large have totally negated any form of alternative healing, any form of alternative, like homeopathy and herbalism and diet and exercise and, and energy healing and any form of acupuncture. You know, these ancient therapies have been around longer than pharmaceutical, you know, healing, and yet they've been completely negated and thrown out as, as globally we're getting mandated to have only one you know solution to this health crisis you know what happened to herbs what happened to acupuncture what happened to any of that stuff it it doesn't sort of and that's what i think is kind of crazy it's like these are ancient 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 established healing techniques yes. and yet they have and no 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 authority in what's happening in our world it's just it's just oh. and I, I would agree with you and what's their ulterior motive also, right. this is obviously a global pandemic. Uh, we've had them in the past and we, we do get through them. Uh, but now we're being forced, uh, as Europe was forced in uh, 1939 leading up to the Second World War. And I think a lot of the tactics that are being used are very, very similar. Uh, obviously, fear and uh, coercion. And uh, I think fear is one of the main things. And then mandating, forcing us to uh, have uh, medical procedures, right. whether we want them or not. You know, you know what's that freedom a, of choice? On a, exactly. And on a daily basis, I'm getting emails and phone calls from people that are in crisis because they're being forced to do something they'd prefer not to do to keep their jobs. Or, um, you know, I've got a friend who's got a business and all the girls that work for him uh, are like trying to force him to do something or they're all going to quit you know, like there's just, we're being forced to do something. And what happened to herbs and acupuncture and homeopathy? Exactly. And, you know, what yeah. happened to all that stuff? It's they're established, they're established in the mainstream mind. And yet they don't seem to have any, yeah, anyway. So what have your guides, have you been speaking to them about this? You know, what have they said to you about what's happening? They said that we will get through the pandemic. We'll come out the other side. And then obviously move towards these golden years for humanity. Did they so, say um, end? Did they give you any sort of time frame? No, the, the time frame possibly. Yes, it's close. It's uh, very but, near. It will be soon. So what's what soon? soon A year, two years, <laughs> five years, ten years? I, I would. Six, my own personal opinion. They haven't told me. Uh, within the what we now the, the end of next year we. There's a, a tremendous amount of work being done at the moment, uh, which people are unaware of, unless you're within the, the spiritual realm, uh, the religious realms in relation to those who understand about the ETs, and there are many. And uh, and even the some of our leading scientists are now coming over to the fact that they realise that the ETs are here. Uh, they've acknowledged the fact that uh, it's been hidden from us by our governments again. You know, we're supposed to be, the government's supposed to work for the people. Uh, and it seems to me the government's just do what they want now. But when that happens, there's a shift in consciousness. And as with the, uh, you know, past shifts, when governments have become tyrannical, then the people have to stand up or they'll be ruled by tyranny. 
and it's not just any country it's global now right. so uh but it is i'm still very confident for the future and um, my ets are confident for the future and i think it will unroll uh rapidly um yeah. so we'll by the end of next year i think we 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 who work in the accounting industry, who work in the industry, uh, we've already had our disclosure uh, because we have our contacts. Uh, there are many others now. We're all talking together. We're all getting confirmation. And uh, like with customer crease, one billion communicating with the ETs. I mean, that's just tremendous. That's a huge amount of work over an 11-year period. So, so you can't on. stop that. It's going to he come, says come, that there continue are one to go he says that there are one billion people communicating with ETs. Is that what he one says? One billion people. He's connected up with, I think, four groups in total. And within those four groups, I think it's uh, one billion. I thought it was one million at first, but it's a billion. One billion people. Wow. So that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, ETs. Tremendous yeah. amount of work. So uh, um, we'll... And you can't stop that because that's human development. It's Well, I suppose you can by being ruled by tyranny. Yeah, yeah. It so stifles growth. It's, it, looks, it looks desperate at the moment, but we're on track and we're in good shape to create um, a new world, a new planet, a new way of living in the world, a more fair exactly. and more unified, more loving, more connected world and to rejoin our star family. So we just have to, the people that are not, out there fighting and screaming and, and um, marching and what can we do? We can keep visualising what we want and uh, sit tight. It's happening, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is happening. And, you know, we, I, I just keep saying we can co-create. Imagine the future that you want right. and we will create it. And you don't have to use violence. You don't have to demonstrate. Although perhaps that's how people do it who don't have the abilities or understanding of consciousness. Right. Uh, so they're still fighting and standing up for humanity. Yeah. Uh, they're doing it for their future generations. Yeah, I think that what people are trying to do, the people that are waking up, they're not particularly awake at the moment, like the truck drivers that are striking in Australia and the mums and dads that are out there on the street screaming and yelling. They're trying to get the government to stop doing what they're doing because they want to return to where we were. Like, well, I want the restaurants and the shops to open and I want to return to my old life. Instead of moving forward and saying, maybe there is a better life. You know, we're not going backwards to what we were doing before. You know, maybe that was good. We could do what we liked. We could shop to our hearts. You know, we could eat at a million restaurants. We could do all that stuff. But maybe that's not what the new world's all about. It's not about how many clothes we can buy and how many restaurants we can go to. It, there's there's something else so much better that's waiting for us. So we have without to, a doubt, yes. Yeah. And, and it, I think it will be new governments, new way of uh, um, living, looking after our planet and looking after to each other, sustain it, yeah. so they can sustain us, looking after one another. And uh, you know how 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 many restaurants do you need to go i know we all enjoy going out but you know can we cut the choice down and then spend more money on health things uh i'm going to say develop 
like you know, they there were many people that use uh, uh, Reiki for healing, energy healing, right. and they're always poo-pooed by the mainstream because they don't want that. They want to supply you with drugs right. and uh, all the uh, things that make them money. Where if you can be healed by somebody using Reiki or energy healing or through consciousness or through thought, well, people are going to go out of business. Big businesses are going to go bankrupt. You won't need it, you know. Right. Uh, and that's what they're fighting for to keep the society that they've got. They're happy with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we, the people, we, we're not happy with what they want for us. So we are, I mean, we've been here before in the history. The Roman Empire was the same, but it collapsed. Mm. Uh, we've had various times in our history where the same thing has happened and the government has collapsed uh, because they oppressed the people, the French Revolution, mm. uh, the uh, revolution over here. Mm. They're all the same. They're all about the same thing, taxation, over taxation. I'm no historian, but, you know, I did a little bit of history at school and I know a little bit about it. So it's really just history repeating itself but we have to move forward. I mean, when we went in from the Industrial Revolution, people didn't want to change because they thought we'd lose all the jobs. But then we changed, and then we had the Technical Revolution, then we changed again. Well, we're now in a new revolution, which is going to include the ETs, self-healing. It's well, a consciousness revolution. Consciousness, that's it. That's the key. That's the key. So. <laughs> it's a consciousness. I was just going to say to you before, you don't need the restaurants because your wife's such a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> he is. She's an excellent cook. Yes. Yeah, so Kevin was saying. I made, I, made, I made a great choice there. She loves cooking and I love eating. So we're, we're a, a match a, made in heaven. Great match. Kevin was saying when he came on that she cooked his beautiful Thai meal and it was very spicy. So he was bright red and boiling hot when we first came on. Oh, darling, well, I, I think we'll leave it there. I've got so many questions for you and your guides, but I want you to ask them all those questions. Maybe you could get... You can get me and other people to send you questions and and sit and I will ask them uh, I will ask them and see I will ask them and see what they say. I will say I need more information for Kevin. Not just for me, for all of us, for all of us. So all everybody. We, then. we can. It helps us envisage, envisage a new world. It's like ask them about who they are, where they come from, what their world is like. Um, okay. And yeah, and it just helps us because I I think that as we think of the new world. Um, people that aren't imaginative, they go, well, what, you know, what does it look like? What does it look like I, if I, we yeah. have different governments? And, you know, what does living look like? And what happens if they're under all the shops? And what happens if we yeah, have no money? Valid, and how do we live? Point, yeah. yeah, some people don't have that imagination. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously you do, I do, uh, but but I see them anyway. So, uh, but yeah, it's, if, you, if they have a description and the more information they have, they can better visualize them. Yeah, I understand what you're saying right. now. So yeah. it is important. It's not just for you, then it's for everybody. Not just for me, for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, honey one, for coming. And so how do people contact you that want to, you know, send you some questions? Well, and email me directly if they want to. Uh, it's um just my name, Kevin James Briggs at gmail.com. I'll straightforward, just Kevin james briggs at gmail.com and my website is similar but it's kevin just the initial j for my middle name briggs.com uh, so it's www.kevinjbriggs.com for the uh and you can contact me through there as well if you want
I've got kevinjamesbriggs.com. Let me have a look at that. That's an old oh, one. Oh, that was my old one. I've changed it ah, now. Ah, you've Kevin changed it. I'll have changed to change it, it on my website. kevinjbriggs.com. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm glad you told me that. I didn't know that. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, honey one. So great to connect with you again. Okay. It's been a pleasure, Kevin. Thank you very much. Another incredible conversation with Kevin. He had a whole bunch of notes that he was going to talk about all these conferences that he's been to and all this sort of stuff that we didn't even get to because we had other things to talk about. We had no agenda, really. I just said to him, let's take, get you back on the show and have another chat. No agenda, but we had plenty to talk about. And um, I was just talking to him after I turned off the recording, as I do. And he told me something really fascinating. He said a friend of his is a doctor in Senegal and his daughter, the friend's daughter is also a doctor and that he uh, wrote to him, emailed him recently to say that in Senegal, they've been using that drug hydroxychloroquine. I don't want to say it. I don't know if it'll get me censored. And they've basically eradicated the, you know, the, what, the, the problem. Uh, without using the uh, rollout of the allopathic solution that is being forced on us. So I thought I found that really inf interesting. He, he said, oh, I wonder if you could Google that information to get more information about that. And I said, no, it won't be on Google. It won't be there. But yeah, so I don't know, look up Senegal and see how, what's happening in Senegal. But uh, that was direct information from Kevin's friend, who's a doctor who works there. That's that's direct. Yeah. So that was really interesting that Senegal got all these images in my head of the Senegal people dancing. Oh my God. Wearing blue tunics, girls, school girls. Anyway, I shouldn't close my eyes. I get all these images when I close my eyes. Ah, so that's really fascinating. And Kevin also told me that before he was a police officer, because he was a police officer in England when he lived in England, uh, he was working at the university, working in uh, immunology and virology and and so he actually has quite a lot of information about what, 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 what's happening in our world. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that about you either, Kevin. <laughs> anyway, it's amazing. I should never turn off the camera. We just keep talking. But he said that's where he met Sandy, his wife. They were both at university together. Uh, so he says he has a rudimentary, I think a bit more than a rudimentary understanding of pathogens and viruses and vaccines. He used to test vaccines. He used to work testing um, different vaccines and all that sort of thing. Uh, so that, that, that was really interesting. It was really interesting. Didn't know that about Kevin. He's a wealth of information, but I'm going to get him to write this new book about the Council of Eight. I said, ask D to ask the council if they'd be up for giving more information. I'm sure they will. They've told me they will. Um, yeah, I give him all these projects. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fascinating to hear more about who they are, how they live and um yeah about how they heal maybe how they evolved out of only looking at physical healing into looking at uh consciousness to heal that would be that's 300 books on itself you know how to heal through consciousness and how to evolve out of looking down a microscope and and looking more at the body as an energy system rather than a physical system of um, molecules and pathogens and you know and cells but looking at it as a physical energy system i mean as i was saying to kevin uh ancient medicine has been doing it for thousands of years like um homeopathy and well not thousands of years with homeopathy but hundreds of years with homeopathy and and acupuncture thousands of years and there are these ancient healing technologies that are mainstream 
and accepted even you know that you can go to your health insurance provider and you can get you know money back if you have an acupuncture treatment or a massage treatment so they're accepted as mainstream healing techniques and yet they're not considered in how to heal what's currently going on they're not considered at all they've been pushed aside like i'm an energy healer so i use my consciousness to heal and i've done that with myself many times it doesn't mean that i'm completely healthy i'm still dealing with problems in my body like pain because i don't exercise enough and i'm too fat but um and my guide said to me just stop eating so much sugar and bread and get out there and exercise more and you'll have less pain in your joints and i'm like fair enough uh, but I do, I've, I've used my consciousness to heal cracked bones and to eradicate cancer and all sorts of things. So that's what I rely on. I don't go to doctors. I don't. My neighbor said to me, when's the last time you went to a doctor? I said a few years ago, I had a really, really sharp pain in my body. And I thought, oh, I better go and check out, see what's happening. Had all manner of CAT scans, blood tests, x-rays, and there was nothing wrong with me. Then I asked my guides about it. I was having a bit of a moment of doubt. Because, you know, sometimes we doubt ourselves. I do this and then I think maybe I'm wrong. So I had a moment of doubt and um, they said, oh, you just released a kidney stone. It does hurt. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. I shouldn't have doubted. But uh, I went to the doctor probably about 10 or 15 years ago when I had bronchitis. I had a chest infection and it came back three times. And when the third time when it came back, like I, it healed, you know, I went through that sort of normal symptoms of coughing and mucus and blah, blah, blah. And then it came back a few weeks later, a couple of months later. And then I thought, oh, I'll just go to the doctor and I'll get a script for some antibiotics and I'll just knock it on the head with some, some drugs. You know, like I hadn't taken drugs for years, but I thought, no, I'll go get some drugs. Again, a moment of doubt. But I went to the local doctor at the medical centre in the suburb near me at the time. And uh, he said, why are you here? And I said, oh, I've had this infection that just keeps coming back. I came for some antibiotics. And he said to me, a classic, classic. He said to me, oh, you don't want antibiotics. Antibiotics are poison. And I looked at him like, what? A doctor said this to me? And I just said, yes, I know, right? And he just confirmed what I knew. I loved it from a medical doctor who's working at the local medical center in our suburb. And he said, go home, rest, take some garlic and vitamin C and, you know, hot lemon juices and honey and ginger and you'll be fine. And that's exactly what I did. And I was fine and it never came back. So in those moments of doubt, I do, well, you know, sparsely, I don't do it. I don't take painkillers for headaches. If I have a headache, I think, okay, I need to stress and relax or get off the computer or go for a walk or get in the ocean. Yeah, I just cleanse my body with my consciousness, with my knowing. I ask for white light to cleanse my body. Oh, my God, we're so powerful. When humanity wakes up to their power, it's going to be a different world when we understand how powerful our thoughts are. That's why I want to know about other planets where ETs do know, like Orton D and and other Arcturians and Palladians where they do understand the power of their consciousness. What does their world look like? Yeah, yeah I want to know. What does it look like when, you, when we have a whole society who understands the power of their consciousness? What do you think? What do you imagine? Send me your thoughts. What do you think the world looks like when everyone awakens to the power of their consciousness and the power of their thoughts? 
uh, and they stop focusing on what they don't want and start focusing on what they want to create. Imagine a world like that. Imagine a world where people across the planet, billions of us, understand the power of thought and the power of consciousness and how our thoughts create. We stop thinking about what's going wrong and we start thinking about what we want and what we can create. Mm, amazing to think about, isn't it? Amazing to think about. Yeah, it's, um, it's an amazing time we're in at the moment and uh, this chaos that we're seeing, especially in Australia, is about the destruction of the old way of thinking. Um, it's ramping up, more fear, more control, but it is the destruction of an old way as we can envisage a new way of being. And um, I really believe our Star Nation family are really helping us at the moment. Yeah, I know that. So the disclosure is, um, is coming on thick and fast. I was going to say that to Kevin, actually, that all this disclosure on our mainstream TV, uh, our main channel here, Channel 7, aired recently an hour and a half documentary which had disclosure in it. Not full disclosure, but a lot of disclosure. Netflix has a series. Showtime's bringing out a series. Um, all the mainstreaming platforms are bringing out these uh, UFO disclosure series. They're not so much talking about the power of consciousness, but they're awakening the, the sleeping minds to the reality of life in the cosmos that is interacting with planet Earth and how it has been, and all these documentaries showcase how it has been suppressed by our governments. All of them say that. So, um, you know, on the documentary that was on our mainstream television, it's on YouTube, you can watch it. It's 7 News, I think, is the channel that's airing. It's called UFO something or other. I'll put the link in the description. Uh, Ross Coulter is the journalist that is speaking he um, speaks to many people about how the uh, cover-up has happened of um, how UFO governments have known about UFOs forever, you know, about not just UFOs, but ET interacting with Earth, and they've covered it up. But he also talks about the collective hypnosis, the collective conditioning, how we were conditioned to believe that if you think about aliens or UFOs, that you're crazy. And he speaks about that openly in this um, documentary, which am amazed me, really, that it was on mainstream television um, to talk about how, because he's a reporter, and how the media was a big part of uh, hypnotising and deluding humanity uh, to think, you know, if you think about aliens or ETs, you know, you're crazy, you'll be carted off to a mental asylum. This was a rollout, a purposeful rollout, so that we, you know, we didn't think about it amazing what's happening in our world just incredible just incredible yeah all right it's been a long it's been a long show so i'm not going to talk too much more uh i've got a lot to say i'm going to do some separate videos about um, consciousness and raising our vibe and what ascension and expanding consciousness is all about but i'll do those in another another talk thanks for tuning in and listening and watching and please remember to subscribe and Share the shows with your friends and uh, send me your feedback and your comments. You know why I ask people to subscribe and press the bell button and, and do the comments is that the more people that do that, the more YouTube actually shares the shows with other people. And so we can get the word out. 
spread the consciousness spread the message spread the love thanks again for listening and watching uh join our inner sanctum if you want to have these conversations on a weekly basis with myself and other people talk about how we create our reality deliberate creation and we go everywhere we talk about everything in the inner sanctum i'm on every week and once a month i invite a guest teacher and remember to check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already love you big time Bye for now.